Welcome to episode number 64 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Ann Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's episode, I've got a great interview for you with Bobby Jones, who is a uh, real estate investor and a past and retired CRNA. So, uh, and this is a great conversation, I think, because I think for a lot of us who maybe look at investing and shy away from it or, you know, feel like it's not for us or we aren't, you know, quite taking our 403Bs or our 401Ks and, and using them in a way that helps our money make money. Bobby gives a uh, different approach and maybe something that you don't know as much about in terms of how to use real estate investing and apartment investing in order to create more revenue for yourself, in order to diversify your revenue streams, and in order to have your money make money, right? Because that's a good life for me. My mon- When my money makes money, like that is it. I think that's a good life. So So this is a great episode. Even if you have no interest in real estate, I think you should still listen to this episode because there are a lot of pearls and a lot of just basic information that I think that we don't necessarily know in our profession. Uh, And again, whether that's because we um, aren't taught it or because we are told at an early age that investing isn't really something that's for us. Um, Regardless of that, this is a great opportunity for you to change that narrative and to expose yourself to opportunities that can help, again, your money make money, which I want you to do so you can live the good life. So so tune in. Um, and uh, without further delay, uh, here it is with Bobby Jones, CRNA. Okay, Bobby, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation. And uh, and I, I'm just glad that you're willing to take the time to talk. Okay, let's just first start because we were having a, a chat. We're going to continue to have that chat. Um, but tell people just real quick who you are, and um, what you do and um, a little bit about your background and then we'll get into it. Yeah. So, um, well, thank you first for having me. Uh, I really appreciate being here and getting to have this fun conversation with you. So um, my name is Bobby Jones. I am a retired nurse anesthetist turned apartment investor. And uh, so basically I I was a nurse for 13 years, a CRNA for eight of those. And, um, you know, I like many people in nursing and healthcare uh, professions, I started to experience the the signs of burnout. And, you know, I had, uh, I, I switched over from W2 to 1099 work. And, uh, and that was an interesting move. And it worked well for a while. And then, you know, it was something that uh, work began to take priority over my personal life, uh, my time with my family, and and the like. So it was something that I started to become a lot more picky about the kind of jobs that I was picking up, um, mainly because I was trying to protect my license and protect my lifestyle that I wanted to lead. You know, I want to be yeah. home by dinner time most nights, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so basically I went through some periods of feast and famine with, when it came to 1099 work. Um, you know, I worked at an eye surgery center for a while. Our anesthesia group was uh, let go. I was offered to stay on, but that was one of those positions that, you know, it was starting, the hours were getting longer and longer, but I, my compensation was not changing. Yeah. So, you know, I was, I was like, is this really worth it to me? So, um, but I had some months where I was only working three to five days a month because I was, you know, like I said, very picky about what I was doing. And during that time, I started to think to myself, okay, well, what else can I do to, you know, produce income on the side? And so I went down a ton of rabbit holes and, 
you know, ton of different options out there. I mean, there's so many different ways that people can uh, find success and uh, stumbled upon the bigger pockets podcast and really started researching real estate as one of those options. And eventually that led me to learning more about apartments and apartment investing. And I figured out, you know, hey, I've got this retirement, these retirement accounts where I've got a lot of money just sitting there. And, and yes, that's for retirement, but what could that be doing for me right now? Um, so what I did, and I don't recommend this to everybody or, or even most people, but I took my money out of my retirement accounts and I started putting them into these passive apartment investments. And they produce distributions that are essentially passive income, mailbox money. And uh, so that worked out really, really well for me. And, you know, when I was working three to five days a month, I figured out I don't have to make my full salary as a CRNA to still be able to, to have a, a very nice lifestyle. So I didn't have to replace my full-time salary. I just needed to replace three to five days a month and we were comfortable. So we had an issue with my daughter's uh, daycare and whatnot, and I was needed to be a stay-at-home dad. So I was able to use apartment investments to completely walk away from my practice. And it's been about three and a half years now. Um, and of course, it worked out perfectly for COVID because then all three of my kids were home with me uh, within about a six-month time frame of me you know, leaving my, my practice. So it, it worked out well. Um, you know, very fortuitous. Uh, I know that burnout is a severe issue um, right now. I, you know, I still am very connected within the uh, the nursing community. And so lots of friends who suffered from that during, uh, you know, COVID and, and whatnot. So burnout is a huge issue uh, w- within our profession. So, all right, hold on. I love this male money idea. Yeah. The mailbox money, mailbox money. I kind of like that. So wait a minute, let's go, let's dial it back. So I want to understand this. So you're like, Hey, I can work three to five days a month, or I can take my money out of a, uh, an investment account, which is probably generating a decent return ish, Mm -hmm. right? What's the market? What would you say the return is on a typical investment account that people are going to realize over the course of, you know, I don't know, 10, 15, 30 years. So um, basically, the stock market returns an average of 11% a year. Now, that, of course, is averaged over a long investment period. So you're going to have years like last year where the stock market dipped 20%. But over a three-year average, you've actually still made money in the last three years, you know, based on how the market performs. So stock stocks are a great investment and, and they are great for your retirement portfolio. But I am a, a firm believer in uh, what I call true diversification. Okay. So a lot of people think they're diversified when it comes to their stock portfolio. And that's fine. You can be invested in global stocks. You can be invested in real estate investment trusts. You can have it your money spread across many different industries and, you know, you can buy the the total stock market index and that's about as diverse as you can get. Okay. But all of those investments are still subject to market risk. You know, when the stock market goes up, most stocks go up. When the stock market goes down, most stocks go down. Um, And and most of those holdings in your portfolio are going to go down as a result. And, and so, 
that's why I believe that, you know, stocks deserve a part of your portfolio, but it doesn't have to be even the majority of your portfolio. If you have 35% of your investments in stocks or 40%, whatever. Um, but the other side of that is to have investments outside of the stock market that are not correlated to that market risk. So that's why I, I like real estate as kind of that, that balance, because in general, real estate, um, you know, when, when you're talking residential properties or even commercial properties, um, they don't go with the market. They don't go up and down with the market. They tend to be a lot more steady. There's a lot less, a lot less risk per returns that you get. So for example, in the stock market, you're expected to get about an 11% return, which would double your money every seven years. Uh, most of the apartment investments that I'm a part of, their aim is actually to double your money every five years, which is about a 14 to 15% return. Now, that doesn't always happen. But the trade-off there is that a, a large portion of those returns are given back to you through distributions. And that for me was one of the things that I really liked because I could get those distributions and live off of that. That's the mailbox. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Rather so, than waiting until you're 65 and waiting exactly. for something. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And the nice thing about these kinds of investments is that they are pretty much just as tax advantaged as your regular retirement accounts are. So uh, you get depreciation on the property you get uh, what's called bonus depreciation, where you can bump up that depreciation into your first year or two or however long you own the property. And you have what's called cost segregation, where they can come in and they do a full analysis of your property. So, you know, a roof, you can depreciate that over 20 years. Carpets, you depreciate over five years. You know, uh, appliances are 10 years. You know, things like that, that they do uh, an analysis of the property, and that allows you to have uh, what I call paper losses. So, uh, and, and I use this example, it, it is admittedly uh, uh, more extreme, but it's an example that actually happened to me. So my first apartment investment, I invested $115,000. Now I, I kind of went bigger, went home. You know, the, mm -hmm. the minimum is 50,000, but I was ready to, to make a big jump. So I put $115,000 into an apartment investment. So that year, I got a K-1 statement for paper losses, passive losses of $103,000 that I could Beautiful. count against any of the distributions that I had taken. Yeah. So that income that I got was not taxable because yeah. I had all these losses to, to account for it. And I could use those losses for the entire time that I owned the property until that $103,000 was used up to offset things. So now as it so happened, uh, you know, that one was planned to double my money within five years. Okay. And I would get returns. You know, the, the way that the math works for me is that, you know, I, I try to get uh, into investments that are going to give me uh, cash distributions that are between six to eight percent on average. Okay. okay. So on a hundred thousand dollar investment, that means six to eight thousand dollars in income for that year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course that's offset again by those paper losses. Yeah. But what ended up happening is I got those 
distributions along the way. But two years in, they actually sold the property and I got my money back out of it and nearly doubled my money. I believe that one was a 1.75 return, uh, 1.75 X uh, okay. over just two years. Yeah. It's so, amazing. yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so that's what I've seen. The three of my first four investments all ended up about that way and, and all sold within that two year period. And so it, it worked a- out well, and then I can just put it into the next investment. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So I think that's so to break it down, because I think it's funny, my brain, even, you know, even having an MBA and running a business and understanding multiples and, and just like, I, I, my brain still gets a little bit caught up and it's like, wait a minute, like, do I understand this? Which is funny. So let's just break this down for people who are listening. Cause if it's going on in my brain, it's certainly going on. And um, for people who are listening. So there's, so you take the money out of the 401k, you have cash. And then you take that money and you say, all right, I'm going to, and I'm taking it out of a 401k because the rate of return that I'm going to get, there's, there's two downsides. Well, not necessarily downside, but one of the downsides is that I can't access the money until I retire without, I can't access money now, but I'm going to pay and I'm going to have a um, capital gains tax, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to have probably some um, penalty essentially for accessing it before I retire. So there's that, but then there's mm-hmm. also this idea that there's a rate of return that occurs that generally speaking with stocks, regardless of what you put it, wh- what you choose index funds, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, mutual fund, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you're, so we have that money. You say, okay, that money's getting me every year. It's giving me roughly, and I've heard 8% on the stock market yeah. or yeah. Eight to, like 10, eight to eight 11%, to 12. right? Eight to yeah. 12, somewhere in there. You're like, okay, that money, if it sits there, it's going to make me eight to 12%. What I could do is I could take it out. And I will pay a small penalty on that for withdrawing it early. But what I can do is take that money then and I can reinvest it with uh, an endeavor that has a higher rate of return. So instead of an eight to 12%, I'm looking at something that's maybe 14 to 15%. Mm-hmm. And the other benefit is that not only can I get the um, the distributions, meaning I can get access to the the money that, I, that mm-hmm. gets made based off this passive investment, that mm-hmm. I get access to that and they send it to me. So I have some additional money in my bank account, which can help me with cash flow month to month and replace mm-hmm. my income. But mm-hmm. also the other huge upside is that a property can be sold. We know that the real estate market continues to increase, <clears throat> excuse me. And then I have the ability to make money on that actual investment. So I'm not only making money on my money, I'm making money on my money, but I'm also making money on the property. And that's like, that's, I think amazing. Cause then you're like, yeah, that's like winning. Which I yeah, like yeah, and I and I'll say this, you know, you mentioned taking money out of the four hundred one k, and that's that's what I did, but you can actually use your four hundred one k to invest in these types of properties. You don't have to take your money out of your retirement accounts to invest in in these types of uh, endeavors. So what you can do is you can set up accounts with a self directed custodian. Okay, um, so you know when when you have your stock portfolio and you have your your you know IRAs and your 401ks let's say they're set up with e-trade mm-hmm. e-trade is a custodian of your money yep and they allow you to invest in a multitude of different things but they're all related to the stock market you can't really invest in things that are outside of the stock market there are other custodians out there 
that will allow you to still invest in things in the stock market, but they will also allow you to invest in real estate yeah. or venture capital. You know, uh, use your money for venture capital yeah. um, to to invest in startup businesses. So, and these custodians, you you basically you know you you sign up with them. Um, of course, there are fees involved and and whatnot, but. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, when you get something, you know, an investment that comes across your desk and you say, hey, I want to invest in this, then you show them what that investment is. And they kind of do a double check on it. Make sure that it's legit. Yeah. It's an actual investment. They're not they're not making an assessment of the risk or an assessment of, you know, the investment itself, other than just to make sure it's it's legitimate. And then they tell you, OK, well, yeah, sure, you can go ahead and invest. And and then you wire money over and, and it's done. Um and those are still, you know, you're still taking advantage of your, you know, keeping your money in your retirement account. So you don't have to pay that 10% penalty uh, mm -hmm. for early withdrawal. Yeah. So there are different ways to do it. Um, but like I said, my main emphasis is to kind of have a balance of, of those things that are non-correlated because the stock market is a longer term investment, yeah. whereas these commercial properties are often more intermediate. Now, they're less liquid in that, yeah. like, OK, if, if I put you know, $50,000 into an apartment investment, I'm not going to be able to turn around three months later and say, Hey, I want that money back out. You know, I, I know I want to sell my shares and, you know, because that money is actually being used to improve a property at that time, that money is being deployed uh, to carry out the business plan for that property. So uh, your money is relatively illiquid, but again, that's, you know, a five-year time frame versus the stock market where you really need to have that 10, 15, 20-year time frame at least. So, so, so yeah. with what do you do then with on-call investing or on-call investments, excuse me? So what I do is uh, I work with operators across the country who are in multifamily, who are in self-storage, uh, you know, who are in a, a, you know, many different types of these alternative investments, commercial properties, but primarily apartment buildings. And, and I work with them to, to help them uh, meet their capital needs. And okay. so, you know, it takes a lot of money to purchase these apartment buildings, as you can imagine. And a lot of times the people who are going to put the business plan together and, and, you know, get the loans and do all the things and, you know, carry out the renovations and carry on the day-to-day -day operations. Well, they may not just have millions of dollars lying around. So they need investors. And so what I do uh, it, for, for the people that uh, I'm trying to help is uh, obviously my business, uh, you know, and I haven't actually mentioned this, but I try to educate healthcare professionals on the, the options that are out there. Uh, when it comes to alternative investing. And so, and, and I try to provide them with opportunities to get into good investments. So, um, you know, I have these, these partnerships with these operators across the country, markets in Texas and the Carolinas, um, you know, places like that, that, that are uh, relatively solid uh, markets. And, and what I do is I work with healthcare professionals who want to invest in these types of deals and I match them up. You know, got it. And that's that's the idea, um, so, you know, is, is trying what, to help people out. Tell me, what was the name that you use for like the E-Trades of the world and the Fidelities of the custodian. world? Custodian. Custodian. So do you yes. act as a custodian with on-call investments? No, that is a very no. different thing. No, okay. no. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, you can find a custodian. So what I what I would do is somebody would already either have money that they're ready to invest with 
uh, you know, in, in their savings account, or they would have money in their retirement account that's perhaps with one of these self-directed custodians that uh-huh. they want to invest. And so you kind of come in and you're like, hey, uh, these are the things I recommend. And mm-hmm. or are you the person who on the back end is like, and I also have some opportunities if you want to invest in terms of like better rate of return. And yeah, that's that's kind of the idea right. is that I can I can talk to people when I have uh, an investment that comes across my desk, I vet it, you know, and so, hey, yeah. this is one that I think my investors are really going to like or, you know what, this one, it's not the rate of return that I, I feel comfortable with or there's, you know, a certain amount of risk here that I'm not comfortable with uh, putting in front of my investors. So that's where I try to to vet these uh, offerings because there there are deals all over the place and and there are tons of people who are always looking for money to put into these investments. Um, so it's it's I kind of feel like I'm a bit of that stopgap, mm-hmm. you know, to to protect my investors and and also bring something to the table for these these uh, general partners for these apartment deals. Yeah, and I think too for the advance for all of your healthcare people who are mm-hmm. like. I want to make some money and like, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, that's not my skill set of understanding, you know, and I don't, you know, I, I think of it too. Like I'm, I'm not as interested on what, on the fine detail of how to make it happen. Like that's mm-hmm. not my, I yeah. could probably understand it and learn it, but like, I don't have a lot of interest there, mm-hmm. but I do have interest in helping seeing my money make money. Yeah. So, so not yeah. right. So having the connection, I think to know like, oh yeah, there are people who can help you take your money and help your money make money, which I think is kind of the bottom line. Like, well, um, I think that's the thing. Most advanced practice, you know, nurses and, and physicians and, you know, uh, pharmacists, they, they are not looking to give up their career. Uh, you know, I'm kind of an outlier there. I didn't mind giving up my career. I was burnt out and ready to walk away. Most people are not that way. Most people want to keep their license and keep their practice uh, going. But what this can allow people to do is to create better options for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's what I'm all about. Okay. So, you know, if you're burnt out working five days a week, six days a week, whatever, um, if if you could survive on three days a week, and you've got this other side income that's coming in to help supplement for that, you know, maybe that helps you to avoid that burnout. It, it feels less demanding on you and you've got some extra time on your hands. Um, you can, you can, you know, maybe take that, that other job that, you know, is, is less pay, but it's, it's more, you know, it's better hours, more convenient for your family. There, there are all kinds of options that can be yep. created when you start looking into uh, a plan B, C, and D. Yeah. I, I think it's beautiful. And I think having options is like highly underrated. Right. I think it's something mm-hmm. that is just, there's so much opportunity when you at least have in your back pocket, a, I don't care whether it's you're going to the negotiating table or you've got, you know, a handful of offers in terms of jobs mm-hmm. or, you know, having options really provides, I think a lot of comfort and it yeah. provides that general feeling of just safety. And so that, you know, you know, you're not reliant. And I think, I think back to, you know, um, the group that we have for side hustles on for APNs on, um, mm-hmm. Facebook, I like that. It was so clear to me, I think in March, 2020, and I'd be curious on your perspective, but when we lost so many healthcare jobs in March of 2020, I think it was like, I don't know, 40,000, we like lost a yeah, ton a of jobs, which didn't make any goddamn sense because 
you, you know what I mean? You're like, what, how are you. we like losing all these healthcare jobs? Mm-hmm. And we have an, a pandemic number, like emerging at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and to think um, that actually, like, I think it became crystal clear for me, we cannot afford to have all of our eggs in one basket and you have to have diversification of your revenue streams. Because if you don't like, here's what happens, March, uh, March, 2020 hits and you might be fucked, like, because mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden dependent on one stream of income and that stream of income is all of a sudden gone and you've been termed or you've been furloughed and you have no, yeah. you know, no ability to say, wait a minute, like, mm-hmm. oh, I still have this online course or this real estate investment or this, this thing on the side that's still generating me some, you know, some passive income. And, and, yeah. and you know, you know, when people get into like scarcity mode and man, like insufficiency, and they just operate from a very different place. Like life feels super, mm-hmm. super hard when you don't have access to the basics. Well, um, I'll tell you, it was, it was really an eye opener for me in, in March of 2020 and the, in the months that followed how many people in the CRNA community, um, you know, and, and, and healthcare overall, you know, like advanced practice nurses too. Um, how many of those people, you know, couldn't survive or they had trouble surviving without their weekly paycheck, you know, and, and it's like, they they may have been, you know, laid off for six weeks. And these are people who make in the top five to 10% of wages in the country. You know, like we're, we're talking about high wage earners, but because of lifestyle creep, because, you know, like the, the more you make, the more you spend, um, that mentality, you know, you, you get the nicer house, you get the nicer car and I'm not begrudging anybody those, those choices, but you know, the, the, I, I remember when I first got into nurse anesthesia, when I was in school back in 2009 to 2011. Okay. And, and I had an instructor who started talking about her, you know, thing on the side. And I, all I could think to myself at the time was like, gosh, why would you do that when all you got to do is like work an extra day and you make what you're, you're busting your hump for a week for, you know, or, or whatever. Um, But during March of 2020, I think people really understood why it was necessary to have that because you can't just always rely on the fact that you're just going to pick up an extra day somewhere doing the same thing that you're already doing. So working on different skill sets, I think is an important part of finding those different revenue streams and and really having that diversification. Yeah. And just not having all your eggs in one basket. I think that's Mm -hmm. a big one. Like I just have learned over the years, like, no, we don't, you know, and I think it's just like, if you're going to be, and, and, and this, I think can come, we talk a lot about just in terms of the program that I do talk a lot about mindset and And it's important to just notice, like if I go and want to put, don't want to put all my eggs in one basket and I want to diversify my revenue streams and it comes from a place of insufficiency because I'm just terrified of the market crashing or all this, like it will produce a certain type of result. If I go in and I look at it and say, no, no, I, I'm not going to get caught off guard. And I'm always going to make sure that I have what I need to either sustain Mm -hmm. my family or to provide the financial stability I need. And I'm always going to make that happen. Diversification Mm -hmm. of what you're doing, whether it's, PRN work and a contract and a locums and a, you know, and an online course and a little bit in real estate and a little bit, yeah. it's beautiful. I think it just gives such, um, again, it comes back to like having options. Um, Absolutely. And that's, that is the main thing that I tell people. And that's, that's why I started my podcast, uh, the plan B CRNA podcast. And, and because 
I found what worked for me. Okay. But that doesn't mean that what worked for me works for everybody else. And so in, you know, in finding what worked for me, I went through a lot of stuff. I went through a lot of different types of, of career paths that I could choose. And, and it was a very personal process going through that and, and learning about these different avenues that I could take and, you know, ultimately deciding on the path that was best for me. So what I do in my podcast is I interview folks like yourself mm-hmm. who have found success outside of their traditional career path. And, and I interview them to, to, you know, find out what, what was, what were you thinking when you were doing this? What, what was the process of going through this? What did that look like? You know, so that other people can learn, Hey, you know what? I, I, I can maybe do that. That sounds good to me. Or they yep. can say, gosh, I would never do that in a million years. That doesn't sound like me at all. Hey, okay. That's, you've weeded that one out, you yep. know? And so, you know, I, I do the interview episodes with people who are, you know, boots on the ground and they're actually doing these different things. And then I do um, what I call rabbit hole episodes where I go into a particular side hustle and do a bit of a deep dive on it. And so, um, and and I've done, you know, these rabbit holes on so many different avenues, mm-hmm. uh, so many different side hustles. And, and it's been a lot of fun because, I tend to have shiny object syndrome anyway. So <laughs> this is a way bad. for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a way for me to scratch that itch, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and kind of keep my finger on the pulse of like how, how the workforce is shifting and, and how things are changing uh, in society. Can we just talk about real quick? I'd be curious to hear what you want, <laughs> you have to say about this, but I have a very, very dialed in approach about MLMs, but we get a lot of people who are going the MLM route and I, I know what I think about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious. Tell me from your deep dives that you've done in terms of mm-hmm. side hustles, what what do you have to say on on MLMs? So, I'll tell you. After my deep dive, I I was actually surprised, and because I I also had a very strong and negative opinion of MLMs. Okay, my opinion on that has shifted. In the sense that, yes, I still believe the vast majority of people who get into MLMs are not going to make money. Okay, the the vast majority. It's it, the the research is out there. You know what is it like ninety to ninety five percent or ninety nine percent? Yeah, says ninety nine percent don't ridiculous. make money or it's lose ridiculous. money. Yes, okay. ridiculous. So so that's that's that. Yeah. Okay, but the other side of the coin is that. I have met people who are making legitimate income Mm -hmm. off of MLMs. And there are also people who get into MLMs, not because they're looking to make all this money, but because they like the product that they're representing and they maybe get it at a discount or whatever, you know, and it, it helps them out in some way to be a part of this organization. So, you know, those are the two types of people that I've, I've come across the most often. Um, now when it comes to actually wanting to make money from an MLM, uh, you know, my take on that is you better be a first mover. It's kind of, I don't know if, if, you know, for, for people out there who, um, are into stock investing, um, I, I have always followed the advice of, um, the Motley Fool. And, you yep. know, they, they talk about diversification, but they yep. also talk about if you're investing in individual stocks and businesses, 
one of the big things they talk about is, is who's the first mover in a space? Netflix, first mover in streaming. Mm-hmm. And they were a dynamite company for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were the first mover and they had the bulk of the market share from the get-go. Okay. So what I look at when I'm looking at an MLM is if you're going to be a part of that company, you need to be one of the first movers in that company. And that's how you can actually make money from an MLM. And and I say that because I know, um, you know, I I have had a a CRNA that was, you know, she works with uh, Hugh and Grace. Okay. And she's doing very well for herself, but she's also one of the first movers with that company. Um, I've got another gentleman, uh, that I interviewed who's with, uh, green compass and they sell CBD products. Okay. He was a first mover. He and his wife, both, they're both, you know, advanced practice providers. They were both first movers in that industry. And now they make a very comfortable, uh, income from being in that business and they love what they're doing and they love that, you know, they're, they're legitimately trying to help people. And so, I think that's what it, for me, it comes down to. So am I going to be the guy that's out there going rah, 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 I'm going to pick this company and I'm going to do it? No, that's not my style. That's not who I am. I'm I'm just not into that type of side hustle. But as long as you follow certain parameters, and I did a deep dive on this. So yeah. anybody that, I don't have the episode off the top of my head, but I, I do um, I, I, I did do a deep dive on this and, and that's, that was the takeaway that I had was you got to get in early um, yeah, if no, you're actually wanting to make money. I think that's, I think that's great. And I, I always, I tell people, uh, I have a very similar, um, view on it, which is that I always tell people like FTC says 99% don't make money or they lose mm-hmm. money. We would never prescribe a med that had 1% efficacy rate. So like, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I would, I don't, I would never go into something where 99% of the time is going to lose or not make money. Just doesn't Absolutely. make sense. Absolutely. Um, but I agree. I, I completely agree. And I think the, I think being at the top, and I think one of the reasons why it works if you are an early adopter is that it's built on a pyramid. So if you are at the exactly. top, you get the benefit of all those layers of, of income yeah. that's flowing up to you. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, just the the why behind that um, for people you know, for who instance, aren't as, as familiar with them. For instance, a company like Rodan and Fields, okay, they have been around for quite a long time now. Do I believe that somebody that's getting into that company now is all of a sudden going to be making $100,000 a year? No, absolutely not. I just, I don't believe it. I can't see it. And, um, you know, but, but somebody who was in it 10 years ago is making a killing, you know? So, so that's where, you know, like you said, it's that, it's that pyramid structure. And I, I, and I'm not going to call it a scheme because there are actual products involved. They are selling a good, a true pyramid scheme is where there's actually no good involved, you know, no, no, uh, retail sales of any kind involved. Yeah. Um, so, but, but it is a pyramid structure. Yeah. I think too, the other, I think what's really interesting is that I have a lot of clients who come to me and they've done in the past, they've done some sort of MLM. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting way to get, to dip a toe into entrepreneurship because you're not going in and you're not doing, you're not selling, you know, creating your own goods. You're not selling your own goods. Mm -hmm. But what's so brilliant is that you learn a lot of this, the components. I have people who come to me and they are 
like they, they understand network, network marketing at a level that most people just don't understand. And then they can take that and apply that into entrepreneurship and building their own business. Um, and I always tell people, I'm like, look, like at the end of the day, it's probably a difference of opinion, which is that I think if I'm going to go out and make money, I've gotten to a point in my life and career where I want to make money for myself. I want to be the one to set the rates mm-hmm. and I want to make sure I want to be the one to create, like know how much I'm, I can, I want to create. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be subject to you know, somebody else dictating how much I can do and how much they're going to pull from it. And so I feel like if I can learn those skills of selling, of negotiating, of creating offers and, and delivering value, then why do that for an MLM where it's just, it's another form of working as a W2. That's how I kind of look at it anymore. I'm like, but I also, again, just see some of my clients who come and they're like, I have some MLM experience and they've made anywhere from two to 50 grand. I would say that's Mm -hmm. probably the average. Um, mm-hmm. most being on the, the side of like the maybe two, end. six, eight grand or something, but they've yeah. gotten a considerable amount of experience in, in just in terms of understanding, namely network marketing, digital marketing, how to use social media to really get out there. And those skills are repurpose. You can repurpose very easily for building a business. So, so there's some value. I love that you mentioned that though, because, uh, that's something that is an underrated aspect of, of being yeah. a part of an MLM that, that not a lot of people talk about because that you do, you meet a lot of people who, ah, I dabbled in it. I, I learned a little bit, but now they're doing something else that's entrepreneurial and yep. they, they got the confidence from being in that MLM and learning a few things and tricks of the trade. So, um, there, there are definitely benefits when it comes to that. Yeah. Tell me, um, uh, just in terms of kind of, if you're, you're have one piece of advice to give to people, cause I'm sure they're, we we've given them a lot to, I think, chew on, which is just the idea of different ROIs, you know, based on where you mm-hmm. put your money, mm-hmm. that you have some options there to do that. We've talked a little bit about, um, side hustles and MLMs, but you know, for people who are kind of the burned out MP who's back in practice, who's like, oh my God, get me out of here. But they don't, you know, they don't feel like they have options kind of what, and but they have an interest and they're kind of want to get started. And they know, like, I heard this thing where you can go into like a real estate investing company mm-hmm. and they'll actually take your money and like, and you could make money on your money. So mm-hmm. what do you say to them or what advice can you give to them if they're starting on that journey? So there are a couple of things. The first thing that I tell people is that you need to know yourself. You need to know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your own goals are when you're going to get into any type of endeavor, um, because that's going to dictate the direction that you take and 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 what you're actually looking to get out of uh, a particular investment. So um, when it comes to apartment investing specifically, uh, the big thing I encourage is education. And there's education all over the internet, uh, you know, when it comes to that. Um, I have education that I've developed over the years. I've got it on my YouTube channel. I've got, uh, you know, uh, for people that get on my email list, they, they get a, um, you know, an email, uh, a free email course, essentially, that's, you know, teaching them about um, apartment and alternative investing. Um, and, you know, but but there are a lot of free sources of education out there. So, uh, you know, the more you get to see these types of investments, the more you can familiarize yourself with them, the more comfortable you feel. Because initially, like when people hear, oh, well, $50,000, that's a lot of money, you know, to to put into this investment. But they may have, you know, $800,000 in their retirement accounts that they've been just chucking into the stock market this whole time. 
you know, and, and they don't think anything about putting $50,000 into the stock market over time. But all of a sudden, because it's new, it's different, and it's it, they don't understand it. it. It becomes this weird thing, and you're not comfortable with the amount of money, even though it may re represent only a few percentage points in your overall portfolio. It's because of the nature of, of the investment itself, people get a little skittish. So that's where education, whatever you're going to get into, uh, learn as much as you can about it before you start putting money into it. You know, because uh, the more money you do put into a venture, that's risk that you're taking. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we talk about return on investment uh, and it comes to real estate, you know, uh, and this is a conversation I have with people, you know, there are, there are different, different mindsets out there. So there are some people who, okay, well, I want to just own a property outright. So I'm going to put as much money down and then I'm going to put as much money into the mortgage and do all that, that. The problem with that is that you have equity that's now in that building that you don't really have access to anymore. Like mm -hmm. you've you've put your money into that and it's not going anywhere, right? So you're going to make the same amount of money off of it, but you've put all this money into it. Whereas if you know, for me, it's it's more about control and cash flow. Um, if I can control a property for as little money down as possible, like why would I get the same asset and put you know? Why am I going to, yeah, let's break this I down. Put 10,000 down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Why am I going to go dump 300 grand into a property that now all of my 300 grand is now literally in this home. It's mm -hmm. in a door mm -hmm. and a front door and a driveway and in a roof. Mm -hmm. Why take that 300 grand and put it into real estate? Unless you love real estate and you love, flipping, exactly. you love the whole real estate market. Why do that versus like, oh yeah, yeah I'm going to take some yeah. of that money. I'm going to put it into an investment that mm -hmm. essentially makes money on my mm -hmm. money. And that also gives me access to some of that cash now, mm -hmm. rather than not being able to access it and being subject yeah. to, to the market on, you know, the real estate market, which, mm -hmm. you know, is. And it, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, real it's, estate it's, is just I mean, more stable overall and it, it's all right. regional. Right. It's all local, you know, like different, yeah. Yeah, obviously we all know, that there are certain properties in our town that like are certain parts of our city that we would not invest in. Okay. Yeah. So, so real estate can be very local and, and very specialized. So knowing your markets that you're getting into uh, you know, selecting those markets very carefully is one thing, but, um, but I did want to touch on, on something, you know, I, I'm mentioning cash flow, and, and that's kind of how I view things like, you know, uh, I'm not a big Robert Kiyosaki fan. Let's just put this out there, okay? Mm -hmm. I I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. It seemed like a scam. I've learned that it's it, it it's not, but it still feels skeezy to I, me. I think the um, only I think the one thing on there that I think is is fucking brilliant is mm -hmm. the one chart, which is like you can work for yourself, you can exchange your time for money. Yes, or you can exchange, or you can build a business where you have other people. And then you can um, have the same amount of time, but mm -hmm. but increase your the amount of money that you're creating. I think that's the yeah. one thing out of that book that is just like, oh, my so, God, it's amazing. It's funny because I didn't like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? But then his other book, Cashflow Quadrant, that that was the one. And, and I believe that's what you're talking about is the Cashflow yeah. Quadrant. Where if you're on one side, then you're, you know, you're trading time for money. And if you're yeah. on the other side, then you're not trading time for money. Um, and, and that was to me the eye opener yeah. and the idea that 
assets are things that that bring you positive cash flow. Liabilities are things that cost you money. So a lot of people think of their their house, you know, the the place that they live in as an asset. <laughs> well, okay, are you paying a mortgage on it? Right, until the and until the roof leaks and all yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yes. it's it's hard to call it an asset if you have to work to pay for it. You know, like it's right. you know, you're still trading time for money to pay that mortgage off because it is a negative in your ledger. Okay. Yeah. So yes, you may own and, and control that property. And yes, you may have equity in it. But again, that's dead equity unless you take out a home loan or, or you know, refi yeah. or whatever. That's just dead equity that's just sitting there, not doing much for you. So for me, I have tried to focus on investments that are going to bring me some kind of positive cash flow and not cost me money. Um, you know, so so if I can control a property for as little money down as I possibly can and and it positively cash flows, that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. That's winning. <laughs> that's yeah, winning. yeah. I like fun. to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. This is good. OK, give us an idea. What's your version of the good life before we go? And then oh. we're going to tell people how to find you. Well, I tell you what, it's. Part of its options, just having the options to do you know, what I want, when I want. And a lot of that comes from time freedom. Um, you know, as it stands right now, I, I have my own company, but it's not like I, I have this set schedule and I'm doing this every day and I have to be somewhere. Um, you know, it was the nicest thing when I was working less um, as a CRNA, but you know what? I had some days off. I could go meet my kids for lunch or walk them to and from school, you know, and, and, and be a part, I could help coach, you know, my daughter's cross country team. And, you know, that to me is the good life is, is having the option to be more actively engaged in the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really what it comes down to for me. So if I've yeah. got that time freedom, that means I can, I can really, you know, hone in on those things that bring me joy. I love it. All right. How do people find you? And uh, if they want to reach out to you or they want to find the plan B podcast, how, how do they yeah. find you? Well, yeah, I, so I do host the plan B CRNA podcast and you can find that on any podcast player. Um, you know, and, and, you know, my idea is to bring value to people. I just want to bring value, uh, bring actionable information and, and help people in their journey. Um, my company is On Call Capital. You can find me at uh, www.oncallinvestments.com. And uh, you can reach out to me, email me, uh, bobby at oncallinvestments.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on you know LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm just about everywhere. And I am in the side hustles for uh, you know APRNs uh, group. So you know, reach Excellent. out to me there. Find me. Uh, I'm, I'm all over the place and, and I'd love to hear from you. Good. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing, I think just your slice of the world and what you do. And I think it's a, it's um, you, we bring a lot of people on here who are um, coaching, consulting, and they're doing online courses and they're, they're, um, they're, you know, private practices. And, mm -hmm. and I think this is just a under um, it's an untapped market, I think for a lot of us. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think too, the conversation about when we start to get into money and understanding returns, like 
I see a lot of women in particular, this is my own experience. And with just the work that I do around coaching, a lot of, of women, which is like the, the confusion that ensues around money and like, but I don't know. And that's not me. And like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And that whole conversation comes up. So this, I think was a great conversation just to kind of, um, wet the whistle on what's out there. If you are, if, if you're like real estate's an interesting, but I'm not quite into the whole flipping of the properties and, you know, yeah. being the landlord and, and maintaining all that, you know, dealing with all that bullshit. Um, so I think this is great. And I, I really appreciate you just sharing a lot of your expertise and um, sharing a little bit about your story too. Cause you know, there's, there's somebody out there who's, who will listen and they will be like, I'm totally doing that. I want my money yeah. to make money, which, which means we did our job, right. Which yeah. means we yeah. did our job in terms of helping somebody. So I love that. So thank you for coming yeah. on. I appreciate you being here. Hey, it's, it's been great. Uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation and thank you so much for having me. Hey, if you're ready to live the good life, I want to invite you to join Nurses Living the Good Life, my group coaching program for women advanced practice nurses, where you're going to learn how to do good work in the world and do well for yourself using my proven formula, a coach approach. Best part, it's risk-free. You're either going to learn how to create your version of the good life or I'll give you your money back. Just head over to www.nurseslivingthegoodlife.com and we'll see you inside.